Yo, what up, what up, what up? This is the Lazy Philosophers uh, podcast, and today I got with us Jeff Asmus. Hey, I'm Jeff. Hi. Hey, Je- Jeff, that's with a G. Jeff with a G. Very important, very unique, very cool. I, um, whenever I was messaging you, I was like, do I, do I spell it G-E-O-F? Like, is that how you spell, like... Uh, yeah, it's like the French way. It's like the, it's the correct old, like medieval way to spell jeff okay yeah. so the one with the j is the imposter that's like that's like the bastardized version <laughs> it's like when people got lazy because it's like jeffrey chaucer and all like the knights named jeffrey were with a g yeah it's like a french thing okay cool is your family french no not french at all i don't know <laughs> well because the french brought it to england when they conquered england so it's english too by vis-a-vis the conquest, yeah. or the Norman conquest, or whatever. The that cross pollination. Yeah, exactly. Fucking... Most people don't realize that all England is French, so it's weird that they had that rivalry for so long. I think we have rivalries with what we're closest to, but still different. To feel like superior. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like Canada. <laughs> like, yeah. We're the fucking same as Canada. But if you ever see a Canadian like abroad, it's like, hey, uh, you know, same North American continent yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But everyone like shits on Canada for no. No reason at all. They deserve Even it. Though, <laughs> I feel like they're superior to us in almost every way. Except in for government. sports. It's in- not sports, but like, even in terms of like art, like there's so, like comedy, there's so many famous Canadian comedians. Like Dana Carvey, Mike Myers. God, I just forgot. I'll, there's a bunch. Trust me, there's a lot. I mean, I heard the Toronto scene's really good. The Toronto comedy, and they have Just for Laughs, too, yeah. in Montreal. Yeah, so yeah, Toronto's great. Yeah. I um I have a lot of uh friends who who do live in Canada and they like one of the things is like there's a lot more like nuance like there's a lot more of like assimilation to like Toronto compared to like, Chicago one of the criticisms like my ex girlfriend she um lives in Toronto she visited me here and she's like wow all the races hang out with all the races here uh-huh. and um that's not how it is in Toronto it's like oh, there's more really? intersection oh, it's le- more segregated in Toronto oh, less segregated oh less segregated yeah yeah I that's I've heard it's a very like cosmopolitan like like Singapore is like that yeah it has like a very big Indian community I think and and it has a big Muslim community too I know that for sure yeah I know a lot of Muslim comedians there Singapore um is a weird it's a it feels almost like I have family that lives in Singapore and it feels almost cultureless because it's so young but oh, it, there's yeah. so much culture, but it's like forced culture. Oh, it's like fake because what's it like three hundred years old at most? <laughs> it's like yeah. sixty years old, like, oh. or, or less than. That. It, oh yeah, that's true. Singapore's younger. Yeah, and so it's it's like oh uh, they have like a little bit of Malaysian culture, but then there's Chinese culture, and then there's this huge wanting to be like Westernized. You they're know, like, it's like yeah, it's like British expats, right? Yeah, like they're still like clinging to their their Britishness over there. Oh, hardcore, man. English is the official language of Singapore. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> well, it's so, so the thing is, is like, and I guess this has to, we're, we're talking about history, you guys. Uh, history is the topic. Love history. But it's kind of like, if they don't do that, so Malaysia, uh, which is right next to Singapore, mm-hmm. is trying to move back and get rid of the English system. Uh-huh. But what that means is a lot of people there can't compete globally. Because English is, uh, like, the yeah, language like we the do the nation, business. Yeah, it's language of business, yeah. Yeah. What is Malaysia trying to move to? Bahasa. So What's that? It's, like, um, Indonesia and Malaysia both speak Bahasa, and it's oh. just, like, uh, yeah, just just a language. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just a, but, yeah, but the, so Indonesia speaks Bahasa. Like, Indonesia's, like, people always forget, like, it's, like, one of the, it's, like, the most populous, like, uh, Muslim country, right? Yep. That's crazy. I, I always, like think that's interesting that people like when you think about like the muslim countries no one would ever think indonesia first 
No. Like, you think, that, that, like, that's, like, it's an entirely different brand of Islam, too, over there, isn't it? It's yeah. It's not as strict, and it's more, like, moderate. And... Well, they're both starting to have, like, so this movement to the right is happening almost everywhere in the world, yeah, including, yeah. like, Malaysia and Indonesia are both having it where, like, you know, um, there's, like, there women are allowed fewer places alone, like, um, they're now people have to wear traditional garments, there's, like, separate courts. Oh, really? Yeah. All over or just in, like, certain pockets? Uh, in the capital. Like, yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And so it's, like, trying to, I guess, like, be more, like the typical brand of Islam. Oh, yeah, they're going back. Yeah. Them. Yeah, it's like, I feel like it's the last gasp of conservatism. Like, that's what's going on in the world. Like, yeah. all those old people are like, oh, we're losing control, and they're like, this is their last chance to get it back, basically. Are, are you religious? I'm just curious. Like, not religious, uh, but, like, do you believe in God or anything? I do believe in God. I believe in a God in, of a Christian variety, but I don't like, I don't like think that everything in the bible is true i think that's moronic yeah but i think it's i think i i i say that i'm an all theist like i think that all religions are pointing towards uh the same truth dude that they're all like shine i read somewhere in my religious studies courses that all religions are shining lights onto a mountain but they're all from different sides so they don't realize that they're all shining at the same thing I can totally see that. Uh, um, I'm similar. I'm. I call myself a panentheist pluralist mystic, which is a really douchey way. But like, uh, panentheist means we're all inside God. But I do believe in a personal God. Oh, and, okay. And then pluralistically, I do think like religions are kind of right. But I think, I think if this mountain is anything, it's like the cultural needs, right? Like that's what God represents in oh, all those yeah, places. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then. Um, I also think language has a lot to do with it. Like, I think, like, English has shaped the Christian God. Like, you know, like, and mm -hmm. I think how you relate to it, because it's your way of representing ideas and putting your ideas in other people's heads. Yeah. It's also, yeah, like, the cultural needs thing's interesting. Because, like, Christianity is, like, very, like, they created the Catholic Church because of the Roman Empire, because it went with, like, the authoritarian, like, style of government they were used to. So, like, the Catholic Church was just an extension of, like, a religious Roman emperor, basically, so they created this very strict dogma. Yep. Because that's what they were used to in that region, so that's why that orthodoxy came up or whatever. It does make a lot of sense, though, like, because, like, I think culturally, like, we resist things, like, um, I remember uh, one of my law professors brought up that Brown versus the Board of Education, one of the big issues with them putting that forth is it was before the culture cultural needs of america so they tried to basically act be act moralistically before oh, like the, the culture met they it they weren't ready yeah american culture just wasn't ready and that's why they didn't enforce it really exactly and that's why it had there was that's why it took like 20 years for it really to go through uh -huh. and uh with the civil rights act and i think that that's something we don't think about a lot like with bernie sanders i think Bernie Sanders had a lot of really great ideas. I love the Nordic model and how it works in the Netherlands and Norway and Sweden and Finland. Mm -hmm. But we don't have a country that really wants that. Yeah, because <laughs> they're just tainted by this idea of socialism that yep. they just they just hear the word and it's just bitter to them. Exactly. Like people aren't, I feel like in like 10 years, more people will be have not grown up in the cold war and then they'll be more accepted accepting of socialism and i think we'll stop attaching somebody's lot in life to how hard they work um i uh -huh. think um 
we, we tend to think like everything you get you deserve and I would have a lot of like my friends make these weird straw man arguments because when I was living in Texas they were like well you know what I don't want to be paid for like Shaniqua's kids you know like her and her nine kids you know like and, and, and let's say she gets a toe infection or whatever but she could have been working hard and I'm like yeah well let's talk about um, your friend Jim who just had his appendix blow up and just graduated from college and he's six months out so he has to pay, pay back that now he's bankrupt and will never be able to own a house yeah, and, they're like, and now he's like a burden on society his yep. whole life. Yeah, I don't. I've always never understood like people not wanting to pay taxes. Like high taxes are like if they're if the tax money is used like responsibly, makes everyone's life better. Yeah, like they, in Denmark, they have they pay like seventy percent taxes, but they also get free health care, free education. All the roads are like immaculate. The infrastructure is amazing. Like taxes are like if the government's responsible, it's like a it's that's what it should be i think that's a good idea i 100 percent agree like and that's a big problem with reagan reagan actually built people used to trust the government like that's like a kind of a very strange concept right now but like people used to be like yeah the government has our best interests at heart Mm -hmm. and the thing the danes have is danish people trust their government they trust the allocation of resources and they see humanity in other people where in the united states i mean and it's not just a race thing right people don't see the humanity of like different states people in texas hate californians people in californians don't like people from alaska and yeah. so like there's such this i mean america's huge yeah it's also harder because it's huge yeah like one uh, like if it was just one state it would probably be a lot easier like what denmark's the size of like new jersey or yeah, it's probably bigger than that but it's not that big. It's not that like big. It's, like they have, they pro, they only have really one main language and one main race, basically. So, wasn't that like the founding? One of the founding fathers was or, oh that French guy Montesquieu or whatever that or, what was that guy's name? Yeah, the like that French philosopher that like toured America like right when we were starting and wrote those treatises about America and he's like if it gets any bigger it's not gonna work anymore. <laughs> Can't remember his name, but yeah. Well, one of my professors when I was studying in the UK, he he said something really interesting. He said you Americans are neurotic about your nationalism. Well, he said you say the pledge of allegiance every day. Yeah, you, you're you're desperately trying to bind everybody together, but we we know the bad sides of nationalism. You just haven't had to face it yeah and we're doing it right now exactly That's exactly what's happening and, and i i think it's weirder whenever it comes to like i don't know what it actually means to be american right like you know i think a dane knows what it's like to be a dane uh-huh. I, I think i know what it's i can get an insight into what it's like to be a chicagoan but i think being a chicagoan is more similar to being a new yorker than it is to be a chicagoan than someone from peoria oh yeah because we have like the same urban experience yeah in, in that way yeah i don't really it's such a hippy dippy thing to say but like countries are like like who i don't I, me, my parents we never were like well we're americans like it's it's so lame but like borders are like obviously made up like yep. when you cross the river from wisconsin to minnesota no one nothing changes like nothing your brain doesn't operate differently like I, nationalism's just like it's like a disease like it's like it's I mean obviously it, this is such a basic thing to say but like it's like such a propaganda thing like yeah just the idea of being an American like it shouldn't matter you should just be a Steve or be a Michelle or whatever exactly well like the thing is I think the more educated you become the less you rely on things like nationalism yeah like because I think nationalism kind of fills and th- this is what, kind of the case with like a lot of racist people is like they don't really have an identity <laughs> like they don't do anything and yeah. so like so them being American and a lot of like people being racist 
like their race is a huge component of who and what they are. Yeah. But like the more educated you get or the more experiences you get, generally your race kind of just falls into the backdrop and you're just a bunch yeah. of other things on top of that. You know, I feel like a lot of, I mean, my a lot of my family grows lives in like the country where people are very racist, and like I think if they lived here they wouldn't be racist. But like if you live in the country, like you don't see a black like they, my uncle's never seen a black person like really or maybe once or twice. (laughs) Like like he doesn't see Spanish people, he doesn't see Indian people. Like yeah, they're not. I mean, they are racist, but I think they're racist because. All they, they they're just racist against the murderer on the wire. Like yep. that's that's all they see is like these media depictions. So that that I don't know why I'm defending these people, but no, I, no, it's they they lack experience, like you said. I I think it's something that we need to bring up more because it's it's like Plato's allegory in that cave, or Colin Quinn actually talks about. It. He's like people hate like have to distinguish between their hatred for race as a construct and individual like you know like he said that he wrote this book called the coloring book and he's like you know like some guys hate black dudes but would die for their black friend and it's that we have this idea of it of like things that are blackness or whiteness that are in our head but don't actually exist it's like it's like in the forms of whatever reality Uh uh-huh yeah yeah and yeah and like like if you live in the country the forms you have are just on the news, you hear, oh, a black guy murdered someone. Exactly. Like, you see, they're always the bad guys in movies, so, like, that's all they know. Exactly. And then they're, they're also, their education system is very poor, and they're not able to think beyond that or whatever. Or, nor do they want to. Like, th- their brain doesn't need to handle those They don't need to, yeah. yeah. Like, they're, also, like, people in the country, like, who are often Republican and racist, like, they work, they do work, like, very hard. Like, they don't have time to, like read think pieces or read books like they're my uncles wake up at six and work or five in the morning and work till like six at night every night like they don't have time to learn and not be racist basically like they're just like plowers of the fields like they don't have time to learn that shit and I, I don't I don't know your uncles but I've had experiences with definitely people that are probably racist but when they meet me they're completely kind right yeah oh yeah, yeah. they're very polite yeah, yeah. and and honestly because they're they're relating to me as an individual but mm-hmm. I would say this um and, and this has kind of been my experience in Chicago is like there's actually like a coldness here with people like where I'm like oh man like I actually do just feel like that, like it would be something that someone would never say is actually never say anything racist but all their actions act in that capacity and it's 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 kind of like this weird thing of like um like in and out group because i think that's basically what racism is is in a sense is like we, we are in group we are out group mm-hmm. kind of thing and um i i think like in the way the city is set up it kind of just happens just naturally or who people like allow to be their friends or how much they allow themselves to be themselves around people <clears throat> yeah i didn't realize how segregated chicago was time i mean you hear about it but like it's like, like, there's like a, like, I mean, it's like the Mason-Dixon line down yep. the city. Like, I didn't realize it was, like, that stark. Like, the comedy scene in northern Chicago is, like, there's hardly any non-white comedians. Yeah. Even though, demographically, in Chicago, like, there's a pretty high percentage of non-whites. It doesn't make sense. Well, like, uh, one of the things that happen, happens, and I've talked about this with other minority comics, and I've talked about comics who've moved from other scenes, so there's comics from, like, Philadelphia or whatever who've moved here, and they've been like, dude, it kind of blows my mind how white the north side scene is, yeah. and that's because, like, there, there is, like, a, it's harder to break in. If you're not an undisputedly funny minority comic, which I wasn't, <laughs> like, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, it's, that's when you start. Yeah, right? and it's just really, 
it's really hard uh, to make friends and everything like that. It, it's because it, you're seen as like the other, basically. It, and and it's no, and, and it's never an audible thought. I don't think anyone's like, oh, there goes Will, the other. It's just yeah, like, yeah. it's just like, oh, I'm not gonna have anything in common with him or whatever. So you, so you're less likely to say hi to them, exactly, and, to them and then book them, and then yeah. yeah. Because there's a whole Southside scene, like, and I, I honestly thought that was just comedy until I um started doing jokes and notes, and I had dudes who had been on TBS and stuff being like really nice to me, and I'm like, wait, oh yeah, yeah, I never gone, I've never done it, unfortunately, like that's my fault. You would have crushed, like, man. Never, well, it's done now. Yeah, right? yeah. I wish I would have gone there. Do they still have other stuff down there? Uh, they have the revival. So the yeah, revi- okay. Yeah. I've heard of that. It's great. I've heard that's amazing. I've never been there though. Yeah, it's a great room. It's over by University of Chicago, and so oh, like, okay. yeah, okay. And, and um, yeah, I went down there for the first uh, time a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was watching an MLK show, and um, yeah, it was, it was just a great experience. But it's weird, like we want to act like all of this happens in a vacuum. And to tie this back to the original point, it's like this is all history, though. You know, like mm-hmm. we're, 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 this isn't like it didn't just happen where Chicago lawmakers were like that. It was just like, oh, you know, um, there was the great migration from the south to south, the north. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then everyone was like, well, um, <laughs> they gave them cheap housing. Yeah. They didn't want them to live with the whites. Exactly. And they just threw them out there, basically. Yeah. Like the cheap prod. Aren't the are the projects still there or have they demolished them? I, I don't know. Man. I don't know enough about that. I really haven't even I need to go. To, yeah, I should go down there. Oh, dude, I'm not. I do like I've only gone down there to do shows down there. Like, yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to get like hit by a straight bullet. Like back when I used to look black, I was like really like people said I either look like Tupac, Kobe. I got like all these different. So that means I look like a lot of different black dudes. So yeah, I get, you like, used to get this. <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it it is weird. Like even even in that, like I think how history even evil things set up context so like i think about this like i'm african-american and a british indian dude right that means like if it wasn't for slavery or colonialism i wouldn't exist yeah yeah that's true yeah even though you possibly are the product of like rape or like forced marriage or something yeah long i don't know if you know your history or uh so i i have um i found out on the actually when donald trump was elected that i'm my dad is 27 percent white Oh really? Yeah, and he didn't know. Didn't know. We knew yeah. there was some stuff in there, and like there was like Russian blood in there and stuff, oh, and, like one yeah. percent Middle East. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, like like how the hell did this all happen? And sometimes it's really easy since we're here. It's really easy to take it for granted that we're alive. Mm-hmm. But like everybody, no matter what your background, had to make it through some shit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. We all had some crazy immigration story. Yeah. What, yeah. What's your immigration story? Uh, my uh, I don't know great times four maybe or five i don't know i think my yeah my great great grandfather like stowed away in like a in like a pickle barrel on this ship from germ from like northern germany wow. in like the 1840s and 50s and then he helped found this like what is now a town of like ten thousand people in minnesota called new Ulm, minnesota he was like the the pioneer of this this important german farming town <laughs> No, no one's heard of it in Chicago, but like it's like a well-known city in Minnesota. That's cool, man. Yeah, in New Ulm because Ulm is a city in Germany, so that's very, very German ancestry. We got to make up for that all the time. You know, it's got you're moving to New York in uh, the fall, right? Yeah, hoping to. Yeah, and you know, like I'm sure you have like some anxieties about moving there. Oh yeah, yeah, so many. But I wonder how many your grandfather had. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he didn't speak like, English at all. Like, yeah, he just, he just. Committed. <laughs> it's like left in the middle of the night. I don't quite know why, but yeah, uh, we don't know. Yeah, 
And then he became, like, famous for, like... Like, there was a big revolt of Native Americans in Minnesota in, like, the 1860s. And my that my great-great-whatever grandfather, like, saved the town of New Ulm from being massacred by these Indians. Cause really? He, like, he, like, did, like, a Paul Revere type thing where he knew... He, like, had forward notice and warned them all that the Indians were coming. And then they all became like a big fight it was a big war and it was during the civil war most people don't learn about it but it was like this big revolt in minnesota that happened for like a year Holy and like they shit. almost destroyed like western minnesota like the native americans almost won it was really close for a while Dude, have you seen a lot of native americans growing up uh there are a lot, not like within like an hour of where i grew up there's a lot of native american reservations they kind of don't have any around here in illinois really. no nah. Or yeah, or in there's probably a lot in Texas though. I've I I think I've seen like two Native American people my entire oh, life. Oh really? Yeah. There's a lot in Minnesota. Yeah, it's like a, it's kind of a, that's like a thing that like no one talks about. Like no, I mean they are now with the Standing Rock thing, but like no Democrat or Republican gives a fuck about the Native Americans. No, like, you go to a reservation like they're like, it's like a third world country. Like they're like. It's like falling apart trailer homes, alcoholism's like fifty percent or something Fuck. like that. And it's people always talk about like the casinos giving them money, but like the casinos are like owned by like twelve people and twelve people get money from them. It's not like the tribes being enriched. Yeah. Because they find like loopholes where like these twelve people are their own tribe or something, so only they get the money or something like that. That's so fucked up. Yeah, it's the way we treat Native Americans is real. <laughs> obviously really bad do you know what's weird is like how how we're so obsessed with getting like so much <laughs> like like i wonder where this whole concept of like having way more than you need came from oh yeah i yeah, don't know yeah. <laughs> like well it's probably from like the colonial era when they like they medieval europe was like very poor and they didn't have a lot and then suddenly they stumble onto these like brand new lands with all this stuff and they just had no idea what to do with it. They're like, might as well, like, consume everything in sight because they didn't have. They never had spices. They never had, like, any comforts of living for thousands of years, and then suddenly their society is like overflowing with every imaginable resource. I don't know. I just thought that right now. Maybe. I I can. I can understand going from a scarcity mindset to, like, getting an abundance of it's something. It's like when someone's really poor and then they win the lottery yeah. and then they go fucking nuts. Like, yeah. that's kind of what medieval Europe was like. I mean, like, dude, like, I, I remember when I was talking to my dad, my dad and I was like, this has to do with our God. I was like, man, does God hate black people? Like, yeah. you know? And, and he's like, some, but, like, if you look at it from the context of time, Europe's been fucked for, like, most of history because it's like a hyper competitive region a very small amount of resources a lot of the land you can't grow on oh yeah they were dead they were devastating wars constantly yeah the black death went there yeah like, africa didn't really have like plagues and ravages like that really well what happened was is actually like um in guns germs and steel um I think his name is Jared, Jared Diamond. Diamond. Yeah, he he talks about how like the move <laughs> like Africa was completely cool because everyone was like set up far and away from the rivers and stuff, so there's like no malaria or mosquitoes. And uh, then like whenever the uh, Europeans came through and they, they industrialized everything, they brought every they built cities around water, uh, which yeah. completely fucked up and then the entire. Everyone got malaria yeah. and diseases and stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
So it's just like, wow. Like, you know. Yeah, we fucked. And then, like, yeah, like, people always forget, like, the middle, like, the Middle East, like, dominated the world for, like, yep. a good, like, thousand years. So, like, they, they've had their time. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? Now the white time's ending, and who, I don't know who's going to come. It's, East you know, Asia. East Asia. It seems like Southeast Asia yeah. might be the next dominant power. I actually think it's robots. Well, yeah, that's actually that's actually <laughs> probably true. Yeah, that, that's what I'm like. I, I have, I think, um, like Carl Sagan said I, uh, that uh, the universe created humanity so like uh, it could observe itself consciously. And like, there's part of me that like buys into that, but like, I also feel like the universe is like, oh man, human beings are way too squishy to go in a black hole. Let's like make them create like super intelligent AI and then that can observe the entire universe. Oh, and then send them out to yeah. see everything. Yeah. And then and then just destroy us. We're just They're getting the... close. Yeah. Like what's the, I don't know what that law is where like com- computing like doubles every year or whatever. But yeah. It's like it's like getting up there where like in like five to ten years they're gonna have hyper intelligent artificial intelligence. It they say by twenty thirty eight they're gonna have computers that have the processing capability of seven billion humans. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. What are they gonna do with that? So like that, and that's the thing, and like everyone, so like it can solve all sorts of problems, but like man, yeah, yeah. like like until when, like when, like if it stays learning after it's solving, like it's solving our problems while learning more shit. Yeah, yeah on the <laughs> side, it's got a side gig figuring out how to kill us. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we've been pro, we've been like programmed to think that machines will destroy us. Maybe that's just been like a, a lie this whole time, and like machines will just be like the greatest help of all time. Well, so like here's the thing is like I. So I'm working on a joke where it's like, you know, we're going to create God, right? But, like, I'm, I'm – the culture of the people who create it, is, that's going to be the God, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, like, and then I go through, like, I'm glad it's not going to be an evangelical Christian one or anything like that. But it would be really cool Google or, like, the Netherlands or something. Like, somewhere so where – like, atheists, secularists yeah. create God. Yeah, yeah, where they're just like, you know, like, you know, just do what needs to happen, not, like, so overly moralistic. Was there do no evil? Is yeah. Is Google thing? Yeah. Which I – so I I like the Church of Google on um, on Facebook, but like that's like a huge. Like, that, what, is that like a Google thing? Is yeah. it Google sponsored? What's no? The it's just people. Google? So like, it it comes from this position that um, the closest thing that we have to interact with, with that we know is similar to the characteristics that God has is Google. Oh, right. It has is all knowing, has oh. all human knowledge, basically. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And the way it connects us, then yeah, just basically. And I think the way Google approaches looks at itself, I think kind of, there's like a, it is like a benevolent like yeah. father of us. Exactly. Yeah. Like they, I mean they they still have bad tendencies because they're a corporation and money's involved, but like they're overall a fairly benevolent like incarnation. Or yeah. And the, isn't there like a theory that like there's like a 20 or 30% chance this is like all a simulation or whatever? Yeah. But that's been like becoming more accepted recently among physicists and like quantum mechanics and stuff like that. The holographic universe theory, which is kind of cool because like in in um in uh Hinduism, they um they say that uh all of reality is an illusion. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. It, it's called Maya. Actually, the story behind that's really cool. My sister's name is Maya, uh-huh. but the story behind Maya is so like in H- Hinduism, it is that there's actually one God. Like everyone thinks it's polytheistic, but actually behind the Brahman, it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and so in the beginning is Brahman, and Brahman was bored, so it invent it created Maya, and Maya was like, "Do you want to play a game?" 
He's like, yeah, sure. And then uh-huh. Maya cuts Brahmin up into trillions and trillions and trillions of pieces. And she's like, all right, this is the game. You're going to think you're all these different pieces, but actually in the end find out you're just one thing. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. I yeah. That's sweet. But if we were a computer simulation, that's what it is. Like, we're just one thing experiencing itself. Over and over again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't even care. Like, that, like... I'd be like the that dude in the Matrix who's like, well, the steak till, still tastes good. So, yep. like, whatever. It doesn't... There's no point in fighting. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, no. It doesn't... There's nothing we can do about it. It doesn't affect anything. It, yeah. It's one of those, like, pointless arguments, I think. It's like, there's no reason to care. I think sometimes your beliefs should fall secondary to the truth. Or right. fall come before the truth. So here, here, like, we're both trying to be stand-up comedians, right? Yeah. In all likelihood, that's super improbable. But, like, the thing is, you can't go from a super improbabilistic, like, standpoint. You've got to be, in a sense... Yeah, you, you, do, you do nothing. Yeah. You wouldn't wake up in the morning. Exactly. You let those things rule you. Yeah, because really, honestly, any job is kind of, like, there's no way you can do anything almost. Yeah, yeah. Like... In terms of, like, the number of humans who have lived and the numbers who are remembered, like, the percentage is disgustingly infinitesimal. Like, you might as well not try to do anything. Exactly. Like, ask the average person to name a hundred people who are dead, and they probably couldn't. No. Like, may- maybe a hundred, but probably not two hundred, I bet. No, most people couldn't do two hundred, and most people couldn't even do people who think they're really important right now. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Supreme they, Court justices. Like, yeah, they'd pick, they'd pick bullshit that yeah. will, like, be gone in, like, ten years. But, like, actually, like, the movers of history, like, no one knows. No. No one knows anything about history. Exactly. It's best not to think about, <laughs> honestly. Well, like, and history has so much, like, selective focus, too, on what we remember. Like, you know, like, so we think certain regions of the world don't have history, but that's just because we don't study it. Oh, yeah. And it's not even, like, malicious or malevolent. It's just, like... There was very little interaction with our history, so why the fuck would we know when Malaysian kings were, like... Yeah, or it's not the type of history we care about. Yeah. Like, Australian aborigines have, like, this incredibly dense, like, mythology, but, like, there's no, like, wars or main figures, so no one wants to learn about their, like, religious theories, because it's not... We care about, like, the great man. Theory. Yeah. Like, we, like, strong warriors and stuff, and they don't have that so no one cares no you know one fucking died <laughs> yeah no one died there's yeah. no like big alexander the great type thing and, and on, on top of all of that is like most of history like we talk about like oh yeah you know franklin delano roosevelt and uh, charles v and all this stuff but it's like that's like point zero 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 one percent of the population yeah yeah <laughs> like i think it's funny when people say like oh yeah Dwight Eisenhower won D-Day or something like that. I was like, no, there were like 900,000 soldiers yep. that died and did all the work. He didn't even fire a single bullet like to like deify these generals. Like he was had some brilliant qualities, but in the end it should we should be remembering like the men of the first army or like things like that exactly like, like no one really cares about that because it's harder to conceptualize right? yeah it's easy to pin your hopes on a balding guy than <laughs> the whole army yeah well it's i've been having like so from a moral standpoint and like if we believe like god like, let's take to believe that god wants us to do good things and but and he holds us responsible for all of our actions if he holds us 100 percent responsible for all of our actions then hitler didn't do anything because all Hitler did was tell other people to do things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I don't... Did Hitler ever kill anyone? He probably... He, I don't know, actually. I don't physically know. physically killed anyone. Yeah. Well, he was a soldier, so I guess he probably did in, in World War One. But that's... He was just following orders then, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess, like, so... 
and even then, I think there's an argument to be made. But then I've told tons of people to kill themselves. Like, oh, man, fuck you. Go kill yourself, right? Like, does that mean that... that does are that... you responsible for it if they do it? Then? Exactly. Yeah. It's like that, the, like the, what moms always say. Like, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, like yeah. that type of thing. I don't know, actually. You're probably a little responsible. A little responsible? A little, little responsible, but not mostly. Because you probably just awaken something inside the person that was... If they were, if they kill themselves because you told them to, like, they're probably going to do it in five years. Yeah. So you get, like, two years of hell. Yeah. Like, a little purgatory. Yeah. Not a big deal. Yeah. It, 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 is, it is weird, though, like, to think that, like, there's no difference between Donald Trump the day before he became president and the, the day after, like, when he w- was president. Mm-hmm. But now he has all this other power just because we yeah. were yeah, just, like, yeah. part of the game. That's now who he is. And it's just... Like, he would have done all these things all along if yeah. he had the chance to do it. Yeah. It's, we're just playing a big role-playing game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I thought... I mean, I think a lot of people do. I just thought he was lying. Yeah, me too. Because every politician lies, and you're like, oh, I'm pretty sure this one who's known for lying is going to lie. And then somehow he wasn't lying. And that it's, it's kind of genius that he... <laughs> I mean, I... Genius is not the word I want. No, to use, I think he's. Like, I think he's a genius. He got think, elected. Yeah, he got elected. Yeah, and now he's destroying everything. Yeah, but he's also energizing. So like, I've been calling my congressman every week. That's so, true. He he didn't. I don't think he they expected that would happen. No, like, the, this grassroots movement is really. It's kind of awesome. Well, it's the same thing that you're talking about. Like, we need to find like Dwight Eisenhower to like you know like to, to attribute the successes of World War II because it's too mind boggling to be like eight hundred of oh, the four hundred thousand men who died and all this other uh-huh. stuff. It's just like we haven't had a real villain like the liberals. Yeah, we like focus all of our hate of conservatism of all these years onto him. Yeah, because yeah. like George Bush was bad, but he wasn't like a horrible he person. Wasn't, he was just an idiot. Yeah, like he wasn't like as hateable. Like, people have hated Donald Trump since the 80s. Like, he's been hated by everyone. Exactly. he's just been building up. On it, it might turn out to be a really good... I mean, it doesn't seem good now, but I think it could be a great benefit to the country. Like, in, like, two years, the liberals win back the House and, like, and the Senate, and, like, the Republican Party just falls apart, basically, because yeah. they... They, like, abandoned everything they stood for for a hundred years, which wasn't all that great, but had some merits. Yeah, I, I, I think, in a sense, that there are discussions that are going to be had now that needed to be had. I think one of the problems with liberalism is that it's becoming more and more about how everyone is a unique snowflake because of their, like, like, what they like and stuff like that. Like, you have all these people who are like, I'm not voting for Hillary under any circumstance because, you know, she's not my favorite thing. It's like that Louis C.K. bit. But now it's like, oh, this has real this has real consequence. And, like, sometimes I have to give up some of my nuanced beliefs mm-hmm. to fit in with the majority or a centrist perspective. And I think um, also political correctness, I actually think is a big issue. I think political correctness gets in the way of making friendships with people who are different than you. Yeah. Because, like, if you're constantly worried about offending somebody, like, that, you can't be their friend. Like, it, it, part of friendship is, like, ragging on somebody. Like, you will. If, yeah. Like, yeah. you say things around them you wouldn't say around other people. Yeah. Know? If you're always, like, like, like trying to, like, be, like, walk on eggshells, you don't, you, number one, don't feel comfortable around that person because you can't be yourself. Uh-huh. And then, so you don't extend the olive branch to be, like, real friends. Sure, there's, like, an appropriateness and niceness there, but there's not a real kinsmanship. Yeah. I saw, I can't remember who, someone had a, some comedian had a great status about, like, 
maybe like all those years where we called everyone racist and like called everyone sexist sometimes it was okay it was warranted but a lot of times we were just like blowing steam like we cried wolf so many times that when like a real racist and sexist came along like no one believed us anymore because people were just offended for so long that when a guy came who actually deserved to be called out where they were like oh we've heard that a thousand times before well i think that's the issue with american culture that we like the the way americans use english and the way british people use english is different like british people are specific like they're, they're precise and they tend to use the word that needs to be used we love everything, right? Yeah. We we hate everything. I'm starving. These words mean almost nothing. We, we exaggerate everything. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, they don't really have the same type of weight, you know? And I think it's because we have – we we choose – rather than being nuanced, we choose emotion. It's, like, more, like – we're more pathos than the British, like, oh, yeah. you know? Don't the – isn't, like, British television and media, like, much less censored? Like, you can, like, swear and have, like – much more nudity and violence than American culture as well. There's less violence and I, there is swearing and stuff, but it's also one of the things that really makes British television great is there's not as many super attractive people. Oh, yeah. It, really. Yeah, it's just ordinary it's, people. Yeah, I guess you, yeah, like Monty Python, like those guys are ugly as shit. Yeah. Like people like that. Here we have like everyone's like super fucking attractive and whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, even like the girl that hangs out with the geeky dudes. Like, yeah, you know, the geeky girl's hot. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's hot. Yeah. Everyone's hot. And I think it's, um, and, and so like I think we're. Americans and even in our comedy, right? If you have you watched a lot of British comedy? Not that much, a it, little bit. It, it's not gonna make you super laugh out loud. Yeah, it's a, they go, they go like long breaks between laughs. For yeah, sure. it's more of more of like that old Carlin, like like that you like Carlin right before he died kind of thing, where it's like this is almost not even comedy. Like it's like, it's like humorous or yeah. something. Like they're trying to make a point. Exactly. They'll, they'll take three minutes to get to the punchline or whatever. And and people are long for the ride, you know. And so it's. It, it, I think that's kind of the difference. In America, we want things fast. We want it yeah, now. Yeah. Um, like the British and American office, that's like a good example. Like the British office is like, like they'll they'll get like four jokes an episode in yeah. or something in like 20 minutes. There's the American one. Like every line is an attempt at a joke. Exactly. Basically. Whether well, I like the American version better, but I could... I, that's like a good microcosm for our country. Like, we just need it now, 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 now. And I, I do like the American office more, too. And it, yeah. it's just... But I think there's a deeper thing there in that in America, you're always constantly trying to prove yourself. <clears throat> like, I think America is really caught in a state of, like, trying to prove its exceptionalism. And... So, I, like, we're still, like, the new guy in town yeah. in the world. Like, in terms of, like, world history. Like, the British, they've been around... They've seen it all before. Yeah. They had they're like they're like a setting sun. Like they had their time. Like they're not gonna become a world power again. No. Like they're still like pretty big, but they're not gonna be the number one power ever again. Yeah. Whereas we're like we're enjoying our time in the sun right now. Or or desperately holding on to it because yeah. we don't know who we are without it. Yeah. But like it's until you realize that this is all just inside your head. It's like not even a real thing. Right? Uh-huh. Like, you know, and and I think that permeates even our culture like everyone is so obsessed with like what to do now now how am i how am i staying relevant how am i doing this how am i doing that you know like sometimes like dude like so i did 367 consecutive days it came to and dude like there was points at towards the end where it's like dude you know like oh, 
this person's never seen me have a good set. They don't think I'm fucking funny. Oh, like, God, you, yeah, you, I feel that. Yeah, and it's like this whole, like, this perception complex that it's like, I need to prove myself all the time. <laughs> and it's like... Because, like, our fame... Our fame monster, like, churn, like, people are thrown in and out of, like, being famous, like, so quickly. If you yeah. have one misstep, like, you have, like, one bad album, like, you're done. Like, That's we it. don't give you another chance in America. Like, with Anthony Jeselnik, like, he was famous for, like, a year, and now he's, like, he's, like, gone. Yeah, like, I, I haven't heard much like, from him. Yeah, like, it's, that happened, especially in comedy, like, you really have, like, a year or two to... Not many comedians, like, make it for more than four or five years. And like that I can think of. That's that's actually part of the reason I started this YouTube, uh, the podcast and the YouTube channel thing is because I wanted a place for people to stick traffic basically on me that's kind of insulated from comedic success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it happens fast, yeah, dude. Yeah, really, yeah. And, like, you're only as... <laughs> Yeah, like, you're only as good as your last set. Like, even in Chicago, like, if you crush one night and then someone sees you bomb the next night, like, they think of you as the guy who bombed. At least that's what I do. Maybe maybe I'm maniacal, but that's how I think of it. No, that's exactly how I feel, too. And and, and you feel, there are people who also tune out. Like, I remember during the summer, I was, like, funnier than I was now because I'm trying to do, like, this newer, like, hyper-intellectual shit that's more me because I'm trying to be, like, my own fan, right? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time... it's harder. It's harder. Yeah. And, And so, like, you know, it's like, man, like, now I have this period where it's like, I remember where I would consistently go up and have more attention on me, like, people would be paying attention, uh-huh. to now it's, like, like kind of, like, where I'm trying to, like, regain the semblance of identity in the scene. And, like, it's not like I'm not having good sets, or, like, sometimes you'll have a show, and the thing about the show is you kill in front of people who aren't in the scene, so it's almost like it doesn't even matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, there, if there's a crowd of, like, 50 random people, but there's one comedian, all you care about is that one comedian. Yeah. And Did they, they see don't... that? Did they, they yeah, see my yeah, set? They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I hate there's like there's like a group of like five or ten comics in Chicago where if they're in the crowd like I feel a pressure to tell a new joke every time they see me because yeah. I don't like want to be the guy who keeps doing the same set so like that I I don't care if I perform in front of a thousand strangers that doesn't really make me that nervous but like there's these few comedians I like get like petrified scared if they like my new jokes or whatever well I think it's kind of like this with a Facebook status is I always say like it doesn't matter how many likes you get it's who likes your status right oh like, yeah 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 there's yeah there's certain likes that if you get you're like oh okay I'm making it yeah <laughs> yeah you had Ricky Gervais follow you on... yeah like that was that felt cool I don't know why he did that dude that you, your Twitter's fire I actually so uh, I to get up my Twitter followers I've been like following tons of people and unfollowing I accidentally unfollowed you uh, <laughs> and and I didn't want to follow you again because I didn't want it to look petty like oh. I like yeah like you know so I was like waiting to tell you a person like oh, I, I I appreciate that yeah I, I did, I've done that same thing yeah. before yeah yeah you could you sure. got to like it it works it does, it does work it's like it seems it seems conniving but then you like then you like if you like talk to people you're like oh everyone does this they just don't talk about it yeah it's like this like dark little secret of twitter that almost everyone has done that at some point exactly everyone's gotten like a thousand followers from doing that or something you literally can't do it another way i I remember when it really hit home was whenever i had one of my my stand-up captions go on the front page of reddit and got no followers oh oh, yeah i saw that one yeah uh, yeah. i was was like all right that's it man (laughs) it's so random yeah social media is i've been doing like I, like, have been, like, researching Twitter a lot recently, and I've come to the unfortunate conclusion that it is almost completely based on luck. Mm. It's, like, it, what you post, it doesn't matter if it's a 10 out of 10 joke or a 0 out of 10 joke. Like, it's just, 
it's just luck of who like sees it, who's scrolling through their feed when when you post it, yep, and just like random timing. Because I posted like the same statuses like each month, and like one month it'll blow up, and then the next month it'll be completely ignored. But it's the exact same words, and it's it's just a bizarre thing. It, well, you just gotta learn how to game it, man. Like yeah. one of, one of the things I do whenever I post a, a new tweet. I go and I follow Existential Comics and a guy called Nine, and they have yeah. similar humor to my tweets. Uh-huh. So like whoever liked their last tweets, I mad follow all the people who follow that. Oh, so in nice. case even if they don't follow me back, they're gonna like look at this latest tweet, which is kind of similar to like the oh. style comedy that they like, uh-huh. and then I'll get like a couple of likes and like retweets off of that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's a good idea. Um, I I actually um I'm like really active on this website called Quora. I have like 34,000 followers. What do you do on that? You answer questions. Oh, and, really? Yeah, you answer questions, but it's like more like of a philosophical, like, uh, like educated. It's like an intelligent Yahoo answer. Exactly. Like much more, like you have to like have citations and stuff like that, or like. Oh, so, sometimes citations, not really, just like, just general advice. But, um, yeah, like, like people will go and find you and be like, I want to ask Bill this question. I get that sometimes, but what I generally do is their other questions are loosely answered and I just answer them uh-huh. and then like other people upvote them or whatever and oh, they go to the thing. And then they're like, I, and then if they follow you, then they'll see all your answers from then on. Exactly. Oh. And, um, yeah, I just started, I started in like, uh, September whenever I started the podcast cause I read like, Oh, that's an easy, simple way to promote. Uh-huh. And then I like just kept doing it, finding the right time. Oh, you post in the morning and this stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. then it just like blew up. And then I had like time magazine picked up one of my shit ink and all this stuff. I'm like, Oh, oh fuck. really? Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. And it's like this platform nobody knows about. And everyone's like, well, how do you have all these subscribers on YouTube and SoundCloud already? And it's like, Oh dude, totally just Quora, really? you know? And then cause like people get invested into like who and what you write. And I get like 10 to 15 messages a day with like someone like being like dude you changed my life really i'm like yeah oh, shit. awesome yeah that's sweet and yeah but it's weird social media is weird like that there's dude. like there's just like if you're like there's like some people who like think they like just do stand-up comedy and they don't do anything else i'm just like what are you doing yep. like this is just a waste of your time like yeah if you're just doing i wish i could just do stand-up but like there's so much now like you have to you have to have a twitter you have to post on facebook yep. you gotta do I don't like Snapchat, but you should do it. And, like, ever like, there's a lot of people who don't get that, like, comedy's, like... Stand-up's, like, just, like, a little, like, 10% of comedy. Like, maybe even not 10%. I, I agree with you. I think it's, like, I look at it, everything from a probabilistic standpoint. And, like, I think if you max out the funniness... 20 percent <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. you're you're absolutely hilarious yeah you're 20 percent then it's um then it's i think social media is actually like 30 to social media 60 percent because oh, yeah. dude they're dudes who like I, I used to watch these guys on youtube called the hodge twins they're they're like headlining at the improv everywhere they never did the stand-up circuit really you know they, they just did youtube and, and then they had a following to bring in uh, and i listen to ari shafir's you know the ari shafir seminal talk about like how like at the comedy store no i haven't seen that oh uh, so he talks about like he he toured with rogan internationally still couldn't get a headlining gig uh-huh. and um or anything he said he didn't start getting headlining spots till he had a podcast oh really? and, and then he could prove a following and i was oh, like oh shit so he's like i can get 100 people to come to my show or whatever exactly because like the thing is at a certain point everybody's funny like you know mm-hmm. and then and it's then only I, so funny you can be and, and they don't really yeah they they want they want you to be funny and they want people to, but like really they want to have people coming for you they yeah want, yeah they you want to be marketable exactly like, they'd rather someone would rather see someone who's like half as funny if they like 
can stay like, if they can like watch your podcast later because like they don't want to just watch your set and then not be able to interact with you again in any way exactly on like a twitter or something like that it's about getting more buy-in yeah, you know yeah. and then that's the type of material like watching i've watched your set on on the youtube and everything like that and like it's like it's memorable like there's like jokes that stick you uh-huh. know and like there are people who i've seen their sets and it's hilarious not one of their i don't know any of their jokes and yeah, yeah yeah you know i like yeah i i do a lot of so I do. I bring a lot of props on stage for that very reason because, like, it's so stupid. But it's like, if I have a physical object associated with one of my jokes, I think people remember it more because yep. it's like something beyond just talking into a microphone. So I'll like think of excuses to use props, even if it doesn't make the joke that much funnier, because I think it makes it more memorable. Exactly. It makes people like. It just sticks in your mind more if I had something in my hand when I was telling that joke. It anchors it. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's like an anchor, yeah. It's kind uh, of like a cheat, honestly. That's why I took off my shirt um, on my... Oh, uh, yeah, I saw uh, Yeah. I, I was like, all right, well, like, fuck it, dude. Like, fat dudes take off the shirt and his hat, but, like, dude, muscular guys don't do that on stage. Fuck it, I'll go. <laughs> and, and it went off. It went really well. It was like the first time I'd ever done it too. Uh-huh. Every time, like, Wait, was that the tomato show? Where no, they tomatoes at you? No. So, um, Young Hustle, we had. Oh our, yeah, the Young Hustle thing. And um, I was just like, man. The, so the whole thing was like, since I'm like, I'm at the nexus of like all these different things, and I don't look like everything that I am, mm-hmm. and I can't. And then I'm wearing like a loose jacket. I'm coming out the closet. And then I take off the jacket. And I'm like, I'm a bro. <laughs> and <laughs> and, um, and then it goes into this other bit about like the motivations of be, like working out and like comparing it to terrorism. And but like yeah, just like it really like anchored it. In, yeah, like, yeah. People, like, like people remember that exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. That's um, a good idea. Yeah. And like and I think I don't know. I talked about this. Do you want to be remembered? Is that like a driving force for you? Oh yeah. My like only like not my only but like my major life goal is to have a Wikipedia page. That's like always been my. Because I think Wikipedia is, like, the greatest invention. It's like you were saying about yeah. Google. Like, Wikipedia is the compendium of all human knowledge, basically. Yeah. Or it's an attempt at it. And it's, it does a pretty Without good. the porn. <laughs> yeah, without the porn. <laughs> no, they, they'll get into porn. They'll, they'll yeah. have porn stars and shit on there. Well, they'll yeah. tell you about the porn, but... Yeah, they'll tell you. They won't... They have some pornographic pictures occasionally, but... Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I read Wikipedia every night, pretty much, for, like, an hour, probably. If I had just a Wikipedia that just had, like, two sentences about me... That would be... I would have lived an okay life. Hell That's yeah. I need. I don't quite understand the criteria for how you get a Wikipedia, but... I'm pretty sure you're already there, dude. No, nah, I don't think I am. I think I'd, I'd have to get on TV a couple more times. What are you surprised at how, sm- how, like, comedians who we think are big don't have Wikipedia pages? Like, mm-hmm. like someone like... Chris D'Elia either doesn't have a Wikipedia or like it's like a sentence long or something. Oh snap! Like comedians are very. I'm surprised every day by how little comedy is respected by everyone else. Yeah. Like, a musician who isn't that famous is much more respected than like a headlining comedian. I, I'm gonna. I think though the trend is moving different though. I, I think, think comedy is coming yeah. on the up. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I. Whenever I, so after they distinguish that I'm not talking about improv, which is probably like my least favorite part about being in Chicago, it's like, oh, oh I'm a comedian. Oh, do you do like it at a uh, second, second city? city? And I'm like, nah, I'm a fucking stand up comic. I talk about real shit kind of funnily. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it's like, um, but I, with the Dave Chappelle and the Chris Rock specials going for $20 million a pop, like that's, that, that's what, nuts. It's nuts. Like, and I think it's becoming, and then it's just more so, 
how many people tuned in for SNL to hear what Dave Chappelle had to say? Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of like this unfiltered, like, in a time where everybody is PC or, or no one's really saying what they think, like, Probably comedians... chance, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, the kind of like the court gesture in that capacity. Yeah. I was at, like, some festival and these, like, it was, like, this industry panel. And it was all bullshit, mostly. But this woman was, like... <laughs> She was kind of out of touch, but, like, she had a little truth to what she was saying. She's like, yeah, comedians are, like, the new rock stars. Like, when I go to a Starbucks, I don't hear kids talking about their favorite band. They're talking about their favorite comedians in yep. line. It's like, I don't know if that's entirely true, but, like, I think there is, like, comedy is... Because there's just so many ways to uh, digest comedy now. Yep. Like, it's, like, why we, everyone is into comedy, whether it's on Twitter or YouTube or something in some way. Exactly. It used to be just you could watch a sitcom or go to a comedy club. Like, no, there's like 50 ways you can digest comedy. And there's so many ways to to, to basically go around the club process, too, you know? Yeah, like, clubs it. are like... I like working clubs, but it's like a dying... It's like... It's not dying, but it's definitely not the power it used to be. It doesn't yeah. really matter that much. I think with the future, one of the cool things, and I think... And the ra- wrapping up is, like, history... There's always been very few gatekeepers, right, in terms of success mm-hmm. and what you want. And, like, society's been highly stratified. But I think one thing technology is allowing us to do is it's allowing us to basically be our own gatekeepers in a sense, uh, right? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of times with comedy, like, dude, comedy is is a hard art form. It's inconsistent. It's capricious. It's, it's a bunch of things. It's contextual. But really, you can learn how to do it. Yeah, you don't need a teacher. You don't need a class. No, like you just—it's your 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 own boss, and you put on your own shows. Yeah, run your own mic. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. uh, broadcast yourself to a larger network of people. You can build your own audience before television ever needs to get in the thing. Yeah, and now that's kind of just becoming the standard. The whole cult, our whole culture is becoming like DIY. Like, yeah, you start your own Etsy store, start your own Pinterest page, like do your own. You can just make your own brands now. Exactly. Corp- I mean, corporations still have a big say in it, but like, there's becoming more of an independent thrust for creativity, for sure. And I think it's because of this commoditizing culture, and what I was kind of talking about with the problem with politics is everyone has more and more nuanced ideas and beliefs the more educated they get, but they also have more and more nuanced taste, right? Like, a lot of what people watch and digest is like, YouTube things or like yeah, Netflix yeah. things because well, there's so many more options exactly. now. You can have more nuanced taste. Like, when there are only five channels, you... You're an NBC or an ABC guy. Like yeah. Now you can, yeah. You, there's like there's so many niches you can find. Exactly. Now. And yeah. the you, the internet makes it um, broad. It's like scary. It's like calming and scary at the same time. Like there's so, it's scary because there's like so much shit out there. It's like how can you ever be remembered? But also it's like there's so much shit out there. There's like something has to be good too. Yeah. Well, I think I think no matter what, people are gonna forget. And it's yeah. okay. But, like, at least if you're remembered by the people... I would love to just be remembered by the people who I want to be remembered by. Like, yeah, I think yeah. that, like, like those ten comedians you respect. Like, yeah. Be like, hey, Bill was a funny guy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, like, you get validated by them, and it's yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, who, if they know that it is, and all culture... A lot of culture doesn't know a lot of stuff. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I just want to pardon on Trilla to like my tweets. That's all I want. I actually thought of her today because you're coming on, and She's you said this. so funny. And she just, God, what's that? She has this tweet that I think about every day. It's like, I can't think of a title for my memoir, Story of My Life. Ah. <laughs> that just kills me every yeah. day I think about that. I, I love her joke uh, about the picking up the pills. I, I, and, and then the, Oh, the, yeah, the picking up the pills one. That's or great. the self-esteem pickpockets and all this stuff. I think I one of the things I like about her is she doesn't rely on race humor. 
Yeah, um, she doesn't talk about it almost and, at all. Yeah. She, and, like, consciously says she tries not to. Yeah, and it's great. I think, I love her, like, depressed kind of thing and everything like that. Yeah. She's yeah. really clever, yeah. She doesn't, I don't think she swears very often. Yeah, she's, she's one of my favorite comedians. For That's sure. cool. Yeah. Well, hey, man, thanks for being on the yeah, podcast. Do you want to plug your Twitter? Me. Oh, yeah. Paul, <laughs> I love Paul, plugging my Twitter. At uh, Filthy Sun. Horrible tweet, or horrible Twitter handle. Like, filthy, like, dirty, and son, like, father, son. Okay, Filthy Son. Follow my Filthy Son. He's super funny. Do you have any upcoming shows? Uh, uh, go to my website, whitecomedian.com. <laughs> that wasn't really, taken. That's really, that's my website. That's real. That's the greatest thing I've ever bought. <laughs> oh, man. How much was it? It's like, it's like $40 a year or something. Oh, that's totally worth it. Yeah, yeah, it's so memorable. I just typed it in. I was like, there's no way this isn't taken. And then it wasn't. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to eat for a week so I can buy this. <laughs> just staring at the URL. Yeah, it me so <laughs> That's, that's great. That's cool, man. Well, thanks for yeah, being on, bro. Me, Godspeed. Yeah. Hey, peace out, you guys. Uh, yeah, and follow and blow me on um, all my other me- medias. Um, they're in the links. <laughs> all right. uh-huh. Peace.